I had to buy Disney Plus for this. Oh, fuck. Yeah, just did a monthly, five ninety nine. Um Had to. I thought I had to, just had to. I couldn't find a decent ripoff of it, essentially. <laughs> um, but I thought, okay, I can finally watch The Mandalorian and Hamilton just after it has become problematic. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> or at least noticeably problematic. So, great, I can do that. Yeah, nice. I mean, I already have all of the Marvel movies, all of the Star Wars movies, all the Disney animated yeah. ones I want, really, and yeah. Simpsons 3 through 7, which is good Simpsons. So, what? What's? let's see what the main page has got for me. Maleficent 1 and 2. Okay. Percy Jackson. The Lightning Thief. Did you know there was a 2? There is. I do now. John Carter. Didn't make a 2 of that. <laughs> Oh, all of the Ice Ages. I believe some of those are good, I think I heard. I'd, I'd, I'd say stick with the first one, probably. <laughs> Fantastic. Look forward to that first one. Yeah, uh, do you ever, it reminds me of being on like a bad flight <laughs> when you're flipping through and it's Easy like... Easy jet long haul. I might, just, I might just read. I think I'll just take the Valium now. <laughs> I think I might take over the plane. <laughs> they do have a little section called Black Stories, and I don't think it's working in quite the way that Disney hopes it would. Because really what it's saying is... We haven't told a lot of black stories. <laughs> so it's what? Um, the Frog and... Yeah, Frog and the Princess and Black Panther. Frog and the Princess and Black Panther. Oh, yeah, of course. That is very much like... I, I don't know, that like saying that Black Panther is a, is a Disney black story. It's kind of like getting a guy, like a, a black guy to move in with you and being like, yeah, we're, we're a, bla- a black household, everyone. <laughs> Just the one guy there. Yay. <laughs> I mean, they've got Remember the Titans... Do you remember Remember the Titans? I don't not remember Remember the Titans. Is that Disney? Is that yeah, Disney? Yeah, it was property? Disney. That's they've plastered that Disney logo right above the title. A a Disney post hoc finding black stories and then purchasing the companies so that they can <laughs> then say They're purchasing the lives. Which is one better than, than Rowling's doing, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I think that was a real guy, so I think they've purchased the life of that person in order to call this one of their black stories. <laughs> Wrinkle of Time Wrinkle in Time, sorry, the poorly received Ava DuVernay film that I remember it having ideas at least <laughs> and Sister Act 1 and 2 a classic Disney story <laughs> it's all very good uh, they do have free solo though so it's not all bad okay hey look it's not It's not a black story it's not oh yeah it's definitely not it's... but it's not a whack story oh wiki, look at wiki, this wiki. guy that's right you're listening to a black podcast <laughs> that has all sorts of mystical beings fleeing our rapacious appetite. I'm Paul Appetite. I'm following your social cues. <laughs> That's my excuse. It's all his fault. <laughs> In the last of our trilogy, focusing on the worst of 2020, or at least the early bit of it, you know yeah. what? I just can't help but think of all the terrible movies that we went, that passed us by. Oh. COVID. Look at what you've wrought. You have wrought. <laughs> COVID. Did you pass through this night? <laughs> Yeah, we are opening wide our moors and shoveling in Kenneth Branagh's adaptation of Artemis Fowl. Fuck yeah. Authorities launched a worldwide manhunt for the famous collector. He is suspected to have been behind some of the biggest robberies ever. Dad! Hello? 
Your family has taken something of great value from us. Return it to me or I will destroy everything you love. You weren't supposed to see this yet. Your father is in a complicated profession. For years, he has protected powerful secrets that have kept mankind safe from the dangers of another world. It's time to face your destiny. Everyone wanted this. Yippity fuck yeah, you're getting it right now. Now, I had a quick look over the production history, but saw the name Weinstein a few times, so I decided to stop. Um, but this does seem to be the last film that he was involved in before they jailed the abusive prick, so maybe he'll stop popping up in our production notes soon. Yeah, great. This is a difficult one because this has been in production for 78 years. That's so true. So always going to have his, his name on it. <laughs> it has involved everyone, both angel and demon alike. <laughs> Speaking of angels, um, I will say that at one stage Saoirse Ronan was involved to play Holly Short, and uh, yeah, I can see that. That would have been... Mm. Uh, I think I could have been interesting casting, but probably would have still been controversial because apparently, and it's worth pointing out probably at this stage that neither of us have read Artemis Fowl or any of his adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently Holly Short in the books is black. Um, and okay. Butler, who is the portrayed by black British actor Nonso Alonzi in this, is yes. Eurasian in the books and can pass for yes. Japanese and Russian. I mean, that's... Yes. That's not right. <laughs> I mean... Irish author... <laughs> Like the properest, the most proper Eurasia, probably not still not Japan because they would know because <laughs> you don't look 100% Japanese. So therefore you don't belong here. We're talking about far East Russia, right? We're talking about yeah. not Novolostok or whatever the fuck it's called. Vladivostok. Yeah, it's when, it's when you go there and there's, there's Hansa on the signs and Chinese workers running around. <laughs> the bits that Europeans used to draw dragons on and just say, do not go here. Yeah, <laughs> they go all the way there, draw a dragon on it. Slap someone on the ass and then they go home. Fuck yeah, Europeans, everyone. Living in America. <laughs> it's not great, but this is the last time that we're going to be able to blame Harvey Weinstein for it. So we're going <laughs> to have to fix our hearts or find a new monster. Now, I've got this from IMDb, and you know how I feel about IMDb. And it's, it's barren great. wasteland of unaccountable information. But I happened upon this in the trivia, and it's pretty good. Do you share? In the books, Artemis starts out as a villainous mastermind and anti-hero, and slowly yes. regains his sense of morality over the course of the series. Director Kenneth Branagh stated in interviews that he couldn't envision an audience unfamiliar with the books identifying with an 11-year-old Bond villain. Then you you weren't right for the job! That's <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally what you had to do. That's literally your job. Bring that, imagine if Christopher Nolan would have gone, no, I'm never going to make time travel feasible to the <laughs> uh, to the general audience. Let's just do Memento 2. I remember everything. <laughs> That's the sting at the end of the Memento 2 trailer. Now I remember everything. But it'd be like him saying, I just didn't think people would be able to identify with a man who dresses up as a giant, as a bat and fights crime. So he doesn't do that. Yeah. It's like, Gotta find challenge. the humanity in there, not just not do it. I could never have written an entire book about the Russian war and peace <laughs> movement. It would not be <laughs> where am I from? It's your job to realise the <laughs> the unique. <laughs> tell us tell us the truth here. Kenneth. Do a thing. In, instead at the end he just has him say it. I'm a criminal mastermind. <laughs> didn't Credits. you didn't you notice? Huh. I forgot to say earlier. That's the only thing I forgot to say earlier. Because <laughs> I said a lot. I said a lot. Did Josh Did Josh Gad not say it? <laughs> he, he was no? meant to. It was in his notes. Oh, sorry. And he pulls out like fucking 10 copies of War and Peace <laughs> notes he had to do. 
I thought I said it about two hours ago. Anyway, on to our critic <laughs> section, which is rapidly becoming Clarice's Corner, because we've got Clarice Lochery again from The Independent. Oh, uh, great. And in her two-star review, she said, Judy Dench makes Disney's latest fantasy romp a future guilty pleasure. The mischievous glint in her eyes is the film's only nod to si- irony and self-awareness. Now, I disagree on guilty pleasure. But I yes. do like that it seems to be Laurie's Lor- uh, um, uh, M.O. to gravitate towards a few good performances in these shite mm. films. Perhaps she is an OG tier and she just doesn't know it. And you mustn't tell her. It's too late for us. Please. Don't make her live this life. No, but also please don't take this life away from us. Because <laughs> she's got the independent. She has this as well. <laughs> What's left for us? The pool boys. <laughs> Maybe we could become maybe we could become the really confrontational film critics at the fucking Daily Mail, going around asking people to justify their disgusting behaviour in articles well, least, written um, beneath tits. We'd at least fit in with the uh, other left wing journalists who worked there, <laughs> who were right for pay. Yeah, yeah, love it. Anyway, the Great. public weren't having it either. Now let me just see if I can find a Google review that doesn't talk about it in the context of the books. Uh, Artemis Fowl remains one of my favourite books. Here. Oh. Uh, based on the books, more like. Oh, oh. If you've read the books, it, nope. I'm no, honestly no. surprised I managed to finish the film. They should have stuck to the... Uh, uh, so for those of you who have read the book, if you are hoping for a witty and live-action <laughs> rendition of the book... Uh, this movie is so far removed from the... If you are a fan of the... I used to fuck these books nightly. There's nothing. There's nothing in here. <laughs> oh, my review got on there. <laughs> I never, never read it, but they're surprisingly warm. <laughs> Sharp pages. They hold a lot of liquid. star. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Well, look, I haven't... We've even finished with a reach-around. We've... <laughs> reach-around page. We haven't finished the books. <laughs> we haven't finished? We haven't started? We haven't gotten anywhere <laughs> with the books, really. So maybe that's the only problem with it. And it's actually a really good standalone film, if you think about it without the books. Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Fresh, fresh head. Yep. Go on. Why not? Fresh Paul, are you feeling fresh? Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Get it in me. Let's find out about it. Let's it's midnight. It. <laughs> it's midnight. Full of energy. Let's, um, let's talk about Three Men. That's the responsible thing to do next. Oh, good. Judy Dench is a three-man because of Cats and ah, her yes. deleted cameo in Run for Your Wife, which I do think counts because she deserves the infamy. She did say yes to Run for Your Wife. <laughs> she did say yes to that. She said, who's in it? Rolf Harris? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'll be in that. Order <laughs> me a cab. I'll go, and I'll go now. <laughs> now, after that, we have two three-men, a four-man and a six-man. All four of these people all appeared in The Crimes of Grindelwald and The Last Night. So, I guess it's fucking time for a game of crimes or primes. <laughs> I finally did it. I found a catchy name for one of these pieces of shit. Crime or primes. Crime or primes. Crime or primes. Um, Chappiest primes. <laughs> Chappiest primes. Let's start with Bernardo Santos. Where did he play? Uh, was it in Crimes of Grindelwald or The Last Night? Crimes or primes. Where did he play Muggle? Mm, I, I think this is a trick question because... He's got the kind of name of somebody who would appear in a Michael Bay film pool. He has been in and both. I think Muggle. He's definitely Muggle been in was both. just like the name of a dog, and he was the voice of it. And he was like, "Oh, nice, nice titties, lady, or something." <laughs> you know, Michael Bay films are like. <laughs> he was talking to Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it the one that Muggles are in? The, yeah. the Harry Potter one. Yeah, it's the Harry Potter one. Nice. In the last night, he played Oxford College student. Now let's talk about Ooh. Tom Dab. Um, Tom Dab. In which did he play German soldier? Was it a crime or a prime? Crime or prime? That's a good question. Crime or prime is a good question. Now, in 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 the primes, mm. the battle. <gasps> God, there's always soldiers in a Michael Bay movie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was he a, a medieval? Usually sexual American ones. 
Yeah, that's true. Josh Duhamel. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Don't you know who I am? He probably said that. They all do. <laughs> oh, German soldier. I'm just thinking Crimes of Grindelwald, there wasn't any, like, sequence in Eep. No, but the, if you remember, one of the crimes of Grindelwald was to show all of the wizards a vision of the Second World War. Fuck. Oh, you're right. You're, you're really right. That was a crime he did. Oh, no. Grindelwald he is primed crime. a crime. He primed a crime. Oh, Paul, I'm, gonna, I'm just going gonna, gonna to trust you on this because you have a memory. You have a working memory. <laughs> and look, I, I've, got, I've got nothing, so I'm going to go with crimes, Paul. Oh, I'm afraid it was primes. It was... Oh, uh, it's always primes. It's always primes, second. Okay, Ruth Horrocks is our foreman. She was in Men in Black, okay. Men in Black International. This, and then also a crime or prime. But in which one did she play? Parisian of crime or oh, prime. Oh, that has to be crime. Yeah, it's crime. That's crime. That's a crime. That's a crime. She's not... I don't, I don't think Paris was destroyed in, in The Last Night. <laughs> so she couldn't be there and be like, hey, nice titties. Not memorably. It could have been in, in a cutaway. Michael Bay, Michael Bay. It was, wasn't Paris destroyed in a cutaway in Armageddon? So it's not beyond <laughs> Michael Bay to just cut to Paris being destroyed. Horrocks did play NASA worker in The Last Night. Very progressive. Good for her. Hmm. Uh, no, she didn't. Sorry, I was reading our, um, I was reading something else. that where She plays Polo Guest in The Last Night. No. God forbid. That brings us on to our final one, Richard Price. Who uh, was a is a sixman, having appeared in Holmes and Watson, mm. Men in Black International, mm. Doolittle Dis, and Crimes and Primes. But was it Crimes or Primes where he played Parisian Muggle? Oh gosh! <laughs> no, I don't trust you at all at this stage. So, uh, rightly so, rightly so. I'm gonna say Crimes. I'm fully expecting it to be Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Fuck! I fucked it up again. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's a crime. So, yeah, nice. I think you got all of those right, I think, if I was paying attention, which I wasn't. <laughs> sure, 100%. Well done, That's man. What three out of four was. <laughs> oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Yo. Films are shit, mate. Oh, fuck. This film has um, even worse scores than Goodman on, on Primal Crimes because um, <laughs> it has 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, 31% on Metacritic, yeah. and was released straight onto Disney+, Plus. so I guess we never get to find out if it made money. I don't know how it works. I guess I signed up Shit. for it. So somewhere an algorithm has added a plus one to the column of people who signed up to Disney Plus, immediately watched Artemis Fowl, and then probably didn't do anything else with it for a month. Oh gosh, you need to you need to give it at least four stars, Paul. You give it a five and everything's going to go wrong. No more than four. Oh Christ. So Paul, you essentially David Bowie. Uh, erp, deterp. What's one thing about Disney's Artemis Fowl that made you want to grunt like a pair of hippos with a throat infection? The opening was suitably dramatic, I thought. Dun, dun, dun. The, dun, 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 dun. Serious crimes. Serious crimes. Everyone. There is a media frenzy here, says one of the members of the media frenzy. And I like the idea that if yeah. you listened carefully, you'd hear everyone saying the same line. <laughs> media friend media friend media friend media friend, media friend. I, I meant specifically the like the opening credits because oh. it's um it's dark music and, <gasps> and pictures of things oh, and no. shakespearean style text on the screen oh i love Kenneth that branner there was a dramatic yeah, cut was... to branner if i remember correctly it was cut straight to no fade in his face yeah <laughs> giving a yeah. thumbs up in the corner <laughs> hello everyone Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And I thought, oh, no, how, how is this film going to be bad? It's directed by Kenneth Branagh. Branagh. It's got, it's, it's, it's got by Branagh. And it's got all of this, you know, all of this, all of this gravitas with it already. This is going to be fine. That sounds awful. Let's talk about what happens in Artemis Fartimus. Oh, fuck me. So, yeah, there's great crimes afoot. But Uh-oh. there we get news reports from around the world of a mysterious man. Yeah. Um, and they arrest. Called Ian Colfer. 
and they they, they arrest Mini Hagrid, which is Josh yeah. G- Josh Gad seemingly doing a Christopher Lambert impression. With Artemis Senior gone, let's go with Rucko. Domovoy knew the stakes couldn't be higher. He knew he would need to bring in some reinforcements. Someone he could trust to watch his back to help protect Foul Manor. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> as the as the voiceover narration, which is yes. present throughout. Um, throughout, Sometimes guys. it alters with other voiceovers. Um, <laughs> sometimes voiceovering for the voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> Doing shitty impressions of Colin Farrell. Um, I did turn around at one point and go... Is that Christopher Lambert? <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, no. We had we had Josh Gad at the beginning. It's definitely Josh Gad. But are you sure? Because... <gasps> Christopher. Oh no. <laughs> oh thank God. <laughs> it's riddling Valium. <laughs> yeah, and we've got Josh Gad, and he goes, "Hey everyone, this is gonna. This is a real cumbersome way of doing this, but <sighs> page one of the script. Let me fill you in on fucking everything because yeah, they yeah. arrest Mini Josh Gag Gad Gag. Josh got Josh Gags and um... Gag Josh Gad. During the interrogation, I write oh, the sentence in my notes, wow, we're really rocketing through the expositionary dialogue, as if that wasn't going to be the next 90 minutes of my life. Let me tell you the story of Artemis Fowl. A story that begins where every great story begins, in a place where magic and wonder still exist. The most magical place on Earth, Ireland, home of Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl. Not Ireland. The sea and the land. Not so much the school. Such innocence. You you knew it was going to be, but you just hoped that. You'd be happy for once. <laughs> I knew I wouldn't and hoped I wouldn't because what would I do then? Yeah. We cut to three days earlier. Oh, I fucking love that, Paul. That's that's the best. Oh, do, let's do find out what? how we got here. The, the, the only way this gets better is if we have some precocious children in it. Oh, and, that's uh, not going to happen. I just can't wait. No, that's not going to happen. Oh, wait. Oh, what? Oh, my God. Look at Artemis Fowl. The problem is that I know the textbook reply to any question you may choose to ask. The problem is that you don't respect anyone enough to treat them as an equal. That's ridiculous. I hold several people in the very highest esteem. Really? Who, for example? Albert Einstein. His theories were usually correct. Oh my god, he says that his peers are Einstein and Hawking. It's, and he references that three more times in the film. It's, it's really surprising. It's I love great. that. He's like a mini Sherlock or a mini House or a mini Tony Stark or just a mini anyone who's been on television. In the past 10 years. He's a mini Russell Howard. <laughs> I love he's, it. He's, he's, he's all full of it. It's full of spunk and beans. And uh, yeah, and he's acting up in school. His dad is, is Colin Farrell. And Colin Farrell, you know, he he, he don't have any GCSEs. <laughs> I didn't have none. You go to school, son. You do right by me. So yeah, he's in school, which he doesn't like being very much. He's more into his extreme sports. Whoa. <laughs> he loves the surfing. And the mono bo- mono ball land surfing. catching mono yeah catching mono fuck yeah that's the coolest thing. Um, <laughs> he returns home after a disappointing day at school in which he t- turns out he's brilliant but has trouble relating to other people. Ah, oh, no no. Where did you get this ingenious characterization from, Kenneth Branagh? <laughs> uh, he goes home and we get the narrator say that 
Artemis Senior, who is Colin Farrell, taught him all he knew about fairies. Artemis Fowl Senior, a dealer of antiques and rarities, and just about every Irish fairy tale you might care to imagine. Except that you didn't have to imagine. For Artemis Senior taught Artemis Junior everything there was to know about the leprechauns and the banshees and the sprites and the goblins. So much so that you might even have thought that Artemis Senior believed in the legends of the little people. He certainly shared his passion with his son on the rare occasions when he wasn't away from home. But while he was there, he was absolutely determined to have Artemis know all that could be known about the fairies. Oh, brilliant. How great it would be to see that. To have that inferred through storytelling. Mm. That would be good. Could have like a conversation, like a human moment. They bond. You know what? That, that actually would be. That would actually be quite a good way of doing that. Oh, fuck. Wait, better than having the narrator just tell us? It wouldn't be as quick. Or, well, how would you know? Yeah. No, no, wait, wait, wait. How, how would you know? If the narrator didn't come in to say that right, this right. is what they were doing, then how would you know yep, yep, that that's yep. what they were doing? I got it. Sorry. I, I wasn't thinking. That's it. It's all right, man. It <laughs> happens to the best of us. We'll stare too long in the Josh Gad. <laughs> well, look, I've got, a, I've got a premise for you. The dad is a bit of a workaholic who needs to go away on mysterious business. Okay. So can you follow? I mean, it's it's a whole new concept in movie making. Wait, wait. Let me just... The dad has to go away on... Okay, yeah, I can get it. I, yeah. I can envision oh, it now. And the son is perfectly fine with that. Oh, wait. No, he feels like he's being abandoned. Oh, my God. Maybe we could retroactively fit this into every story that's ever been told. Jeez. I mean, we can at least get get the dad to come in and shoot a cameo so we can slot in some scenes with him later on. Oh, yeah, sure. We can get him for 12 minutes. Yeah, okay. He could, as he's walking on his way to the next Grindelwald film, um, <laughs> we can catch him for a bit of Artemis Fowl. A bit of Artemis Fowlsmas. Oh, God. I just I just heard you do a pun. We've, listeners, we've been doing this <laughs> off air all, all week. Like I said I said Artemis Bowels once. Oh, And yeah. then I said Shartemis Bowel. Yep. And I said Fart Mist Bowels. Love it. Sign me up to the bloody Growny ad, everyone. <laughs> it's been like living with the Viz, and I've loved every second of it. Now, <laughs> Gad then takes this opportunity to introduce us to the butler, and that's as good as allowing him to do that through acting and interaction with the other characters. <laughs> he was in Game of Thrones, Paul. He's he's too good. He was um he was the guy who wanted to make Daenerys my wife, <laughs> and he had nothing in the vault. A lot of X's in his name. Love that. At this stage, the dad gets kidnapped. Uh, by the villain of the piece. And I have to make the note. Huh. That's the voice we're going with. Artemis Jr., I presume. I have your father. Your father stole something from me and hid it. My enemies have prevented me from retrieving it myself. You will do so on my behalf. Find the Akira so you will never see him again. Yeah, cool. For our villain. Great. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Chilling. <laughs> um... It's not too far off Judy Dench's voice in this. You've seen the news. The Akelos is still missing. Cal, Virgo, B Squad, C Squad, you're all on triple night duty downtown. Which did make me think, are they? Oh my is god, the reveal! Oh my god, reveal! Spoilers! So cut to Judy Dench. She's king of the elves. The fairies, king of fairies, sorry. <laughs> fucking elves. There's so much wrong with that. She's the fucking <laughs> prime minister of. Unicorn land or some shit. 
she she's she's in fairyland it's it's a it's a multi-species oh, multicultural multi-generational yes. um but hierarchical system where it they is. employ young children fairies to go off on um jaunts <laughs> but don't give them too much responsibility they just bust their bust their balls of it yeah the young fairies who are in fact in their 80s they just look like children it seems but true true and i love the segue into this world because artemis fowl is looking at a picture of a hole and says um but fairies aren't real are they and zoom into the hole whilst josh gad tells us yes they are oh great yeah <laughs> i wish i wish artemis <laughs> fowl could hear you time to believe in fairies but they're not real are they But as Artemis would soon find out, they are very real. Hi everyone, it's Josh Gad here. We've had a lot of fun. I don't want anybody to get any any wrong ideas about what's been what's gonna happen or what isn't gonna happen. Let me just tell you, it's gonna be fine. Look, I saw that movie, A Monster Calls, and that other movie, I Kill Giants, and I just want to make sure that you understand that there are real monsters in this one, guys. It's not a metaphor for your mother dying or anything like that. <laughs> I've seen monster. I've seen monsters. <laughs> None of these are going to be useful going forward. I've seen Masters Inc. Put it out of your mind. Forget I even mentioned it. <laughs> forget it. Just forget it all. Although, it's kind of similar in the following ways. Um, and whilst <laughs> this is going on, the characters are just stood waiting for their scene to start. <laughs> this is going? lame. Look, we get introduced to Holly Short, who is a member yeah. of the Lower Elements Police Reconnaissance Team. Great. L- lower who have elements- the same... Um, costume team as the original thor behind them i think <laughs> fantastic it's clearly branar himself but hang on lower elements police reconnaissance team lower what what's the acronym lep recon oh fuck off you absolute it's leprechaun dirtbags i could imagine myself being charmed by that in a better context but i was furious yeah. when i figured that out oh god i think <laughs> even if i'd have read that in a terry pratchett book i'd have gone oh come on tez <laughs> Come on, Tez. Come on, Tell. Come on now. This isn't this isn't gonna fly. But Holly Short and Hagrid have an actual conversation about non plot stuff, about character stuff. I didn't know what movie I was watching, and I didn't know what we were meant to be feeling. <laughs> Officer Short! Good to see you. What are you in for this time, Mulch? Uh, tunneling and entering, putting a good work for me, will you? You know I'm an artist. Yeah, a con artist. Artists are great artists are never understood. Hey, you and I would make a great team, you know. Me cracking safes, tunneling into banks. You watching my back with your tiny but effective fairy weapons. That's your plan? Less of a plan, more of a lifestyle choice. By the way, this your wallet? Stop picking my pockets. Think of my children, Holly. You don't have children. Not yet. Therefore, didn't care. It passed my Bechtel test, though, so that's all I care about. So Josh, Josh Gad is a giant dwarf. And, oh, yes, uh, he is. Very good at, unrealistically good at pickpocketing, pickpocketing a tiny girl. Um, <laughs> Rummaging around in her lower quarters. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... He's going to prison for being a bad dwarf. Yeah. And all the other he's dwarfs don't like him because he's big. Um, which I think yeah. later on it's actually revealed he might be a fairy because he's got those ears, but I don't know. I, I don't... I didn't care. I don't even know, Paul. I just I don't, I just even... don't want to. That's literally the first time I thought of the question and I immediately didn't want the answer. <laughs> so immediately put it out of mind. He is, however, in narration from three days in the future. Maybe it's two by now. I'm going to describe another couple of characters to the audience. We've got oh, Butler's geez. niece. There was only one person he knew who fully understood tactical reconnaissance, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and the complicated mind of a 12-year-old. Another 12-year-old. His niece. Juliet, 
butler. Uh, who does nothing. And then a centaur man, who you could literally learn everything about by seeing that he is a centaur man. <laughs> Foley, fairy tech genius and centaur. But never, but never mind, we're going to get about 15 minutes of footage of him <laughs> later on. Here's some of this guy's incredible backstory. I'm Josh Gad, and I just want you to know about this great script that was written. <laughs> They wanted a lot of it to be context-heavy and through performance, but I decided against it, and I've, I've decided to just read the script. <laughs> I hope you don't mind I'm starting 20 minutes in. I'll probably catch up. <laughs> my MO is basically if all of my scenes are me doing this, then they can't cut all of it. <laughs> Some of it is going to be kept in. They have to pay an extra okay. amount if I say 10,000 words in this movie. <laughs> it's movie law. <laughs> so I just want everyone to know at this stage... We've met a lot of cool characters along the way. None of them are going to die, okay? <laughs> no one's going to die. I haven't read the book. The director hates them. You're not going to have anything spoiled. You can go home and read them. It's going to be a whole new experience for you and your family. <laughs> Thanks, Josh Gad. <laughs> so, Holly Short, she's she's yeah. not given as much responsibility as she wants. Yeah. Um, possibly because her dad's a, a filthy traitor. No! <laughs> yeah, she wants to clear his name because he died yeah. picking a book. And there's nothing yeah. worse for fairies than doing that. Picking it up. He did a real Mel Gibson from. He did a real lethal weapon, and um, <laughs> no one stands for that anymore. Not no now. one. Not anyone. At which point, at some point, we cut back to Artemis Fausimus, who is um, who reads the line, "The fair." No, he says the line, "The fairies will help us." Wait, you believe in them now? There's been no scenes with you since you said they don't exist. I, I know it's hard because we didn't have. Um, we, we didn't yeah. get Josh Gad actually explaining <laughs> that he, he he did believe in them, um, yeah. but they did they did helpfully. And I know again they didn't signal it with Josh Gad, but we we had one minute of him and Colin Farrell walking on a bit of grass with Colin Farrell going, "What do you do if they they try to look in your eyes? Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking stab him out. That's my boy." <laughs> so so they they discussed it theoretically. They and did therefore... discuss it, but that was before the line "they don't exist," which does imply that he's just been humoring his dad and his crazy bullshit for the last te- however yeah. many years. What do you do, son, when a fairy <laughs> locks you in a magical time circle? Oh, I don't know, fucking dad. Do I f- do I use the piss wand? No, the piss wand <laughs> is only effective against trolls. <sighs> or all this film was shot out of sequence. And they just sort of threw it into the air like they'd won the millions and uh, thought they'd try their luck. Who the fuck However knows. it landed. Well, the, the, the next scene that lands in that pile of rags is that an Italian wedding takes a very long time to notice, notice a massive troll throwing people around. <laughs> yeah, crazy Italians. It picks up a little girl and chucks her. And our yeah. hero, Holly Short, saves the girl and puts her down and tries Holy to help short. her. Holy Short. And she's trying to help her. And she says, she, but the girl, she's injured. She says as the troll is continuing to throw men across the <laughs> Do not use magic on that human. Do you read me? She's hurt. <laughs> Murder countless men and women. Look <laughs> ah, at I think she sprained her wrist. What do I do now, Josh Gad? <laughs> she looks up at the sky. Oh, jeez. The characters need my help now. Maybe they just stop time? Like the fairies do? <laughs> Except for a record a... playing some appropriate music. <laughs> Look, it's a good thing nobody dies here. And, yeah, no one, <laughs> yeah, no one dies because the fairies can just stop time and resolve any situation they might encounter ever, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they do that. I was about to say, great, that, that scene over, that was, that, that was pointless. But actually, no, no. This is how she flies away for some reason. And then she gets yeah. shot in the neck 
by Artemis Fowl. She decides to go off to the exact place where she knows that she can pick up a, a clue about her father. She can fly uh, yes. across continents in five minutes. And thank God she does that because it is the only thing that moves the plot on. The only thing. If she hadn't done that, Fowl would have stayed in his library reading with his butler staring at a tree just <laughs> for the whole movie. <laughs> Which... Would have been fine. Which would have been... <laughs> so long as Josh Gad can tell us a better story whilst it's happening, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> hey, I went. Do you, do you want me to tell you about the time I went in a, to Vegas with my buddies? <laughs> it's kind of ra- um, X-rated, so maybe ask the kids to leave the room. <laughs> Josh Gad's quickly becoming Krusty the Clown. <laughs> oh. Oi. But why did they send her to deal with... The- Incidentally, the reason this happened is a troll broke out and attacked a wedding, so they sent a fairy to deal with it. Why did they send her? The disobedient one who just asked for time off to investigate her father's disgrace. Send someone yeah. else. Ugh. Anyway. In Judy spite- Dench is really riding out. She's five days from retirement, mate. She's working. She, she works for the government. It's a sure thing. Yeah, she's just she's waiting for that pension. This is a uh, very dangerous mission. We're going to send you. Are you pointing at me? Sure. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Woohoo. Woo! She, she goes off. Shot in the neck. Put yeah. in a cage. In spite of the fact that she can fly quicker than the sound they managed to hit her in the neck with a dart <laughs> it does cause a sonic boom um <laughs> which um triggers reminds josh gad of the crazy time he had playing sonic and s- shooting up with his friends yeah josh gad's an awful man um with her in jail um in artemis fowl's house she tries to do her crazy elf eye tricks fairy eye tricks Don't sorry worry. i can't tell the difference between the two of them paul I-, I swear to god some of my best friends are elves <laughs> and fairies fuck <laughs> none of that's going to come up again um, it's just there to justify, I guess, why our main characters wear sunglasses throughout the whole thing. Judy Dench says the line, get the four-leaf clover out of here. And that's an yeah. amazing line because it brought me out of the movie. And when I say that, I don't <laughs> think that's ever happened to me before. People have said it to me and I've kind of gone like, yeah, great. And I think I may have said it, but I don't think I ever truly understood what it meant until that line. Because immediately on that line, I was so irritated by it. And so just unimpressed that I immediately felt like I was watching a bunch of people in a set wearing costumes saying lines that had been written by a focus group. <laughs> and I don't think that's ever yeah. truly happened as viscerally as that before. Really? That's yeah. interesting. That broke not just the fourth wall. Every wall suddenly became not a wall anymore. And I stopped. I ceased oh, no. to believe in walls. It became a five-dimensional space and you started seeing those scenes where you were trying to tell your daughter to convince you to stay. But no, you just had to go and do that film podcast, Paul. Um, weirdly, I had that in um, Civil War when they're all running at each other, all the Avengers. Oh. Going, ah! That, then I took a st- my brain went, it's just people in costumes running at each other. Oh, <laughs> oh no, but I like this film. <laughs> yeah, but I hate you, Paul, so what are you going to do about it? Shut up, brain. I was just like, <laughs> this, is, this is like me as a kid smashing my characters together, which unfortunately is also like Artemis Fowl because I would sometimes have Superman sat in a library for 15 days. <laughs> he's got to learn about the bad guys. <laughs> he's got to. How else is he going to fight them? Oh, fuck me. So Judy Dench sends all of the elves after Holly Short. Yeah, okay. So the angels all storm the place and <laughs> they decide to fight them out in the open. Why? We later yeah. find out they can't even come into the house. There's a, there's just a lot of nonsense around all of this. Oh, and gotcha. it, um, it confused me. There's an action scene in there where... Um, oh, what's, what's, what's the guy's actual name? The butler's name? I mean, his name's Butler in the movie. Yeah. But... <laughs> Nonzo? 
Oh, what, his real actor name? Yeah. Nonso Anozzi. Nonso Anozzi. He's just fighting off things, and I don't know a single thing that's going on until it's already happened. Yeah. Um, it's great. And then they send in mini Hagrid after him. Well, they do. Um, and, 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 and Judy Dench goes, no fairies are going to come in. He didn't say anything about dwarves. And it cuts to Josh Gad, who goes, <laughs> Remember what I said about not underestimating the kid? Well, here's exactly why. The next piece of his plan was set in motion. Knowing the fairies couldn't enter Fowl Manor, he forced their hand and set the stage for the entrance of the true hero of our tale. The kid's plan was fiendishly clever. He just had to get me in the house because he knew the truth about dwarves. Don't worry about it, everyone. Yeah. It's not actually going to be a problem. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Don't he worry. already knows. All part of this plan. Don't you worry about our hero, everyone. It's great. Hey, have you seen just... this Walkman that I took off of um, her earlier? <laughs> you might not have seen it. I was pretty sneaky when I took the Walkman off her, but we wanted to do a sort of Deadpool Guardians of the Galaxy thing, so I did. And here it is. Why do fairies have Walkman? Oh, you're, you're ahead of me there, little buddy. I can't answer <laughs> questions like that. Just know that there was a Walkman, and now they're coming to get me, even though any of the other dwarves probably would have been able to tunnel as well. And um, it's not like I'm particularly subtle when I do it. I fucking smash things up and yell a lot and burp. I'm really obvious yeah. as a presence. And do I fart dust out of my ass at the same time? That's what I got from the, the imagery there. <laughs> but before that, I'm just going to improv a bit with Judy Dench. I actually don't know your first name. Let me guess. Brittany. I'm way off, aren't I? Has anyone ever told you you're like David Bowie? If David Bowie were a fairy? So essentially, you're David Bowie. Do you think the humans will ever find out he was one of us? Hey everyone, there is a magical device that everyone's been trying to get this whole time. It's like a heart of magic or some fucking thing, and it's in a safe in Artemis Fowl's house, but nobody knew it. Because Artemis Fowl Sr. Um, has, is, has been captured by the bad guy, yeah. and they Remember? need the, ac- the Aculus. The yeah. Oculus. Aculus. <laughs> the Havulus. Mm. And that's, that's locked up in a safe that only dwarves can open, and so he had to trick a dwarf into opening it, and then immediately get that dwarf to join their side, which he does instantly. Um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry, everyone. I'm actually on his side. Just in case. Uh, for reasons that haven't been explained to me. <laughs> Just in case there was any tension at all, and any concern <laughs> for the character's well-being. Don't worry about it. We got this. This is a movie. None of us are real. <laughs> We're just actors. None of, none of this is actually how I got shot, but no, look, it's fine. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, at this point, the, the fairies are going to um, introduce the troll from earlier into the house to have an action sequence. Uh, um, great. Decide to do this by firing firing him into the house in a tr- sort of trebuchet-style mechanism, or more like a mm. ballista. Not smashing him through a wall and nearly knocking him out. <laughs> great. <laughs> They're sent again, their greatest warrior. <laughs> oh. Huh. Did it hit anyone? <laughs> I don't think we're using these warriors right. <laughs> Quite you, whatever you are. I'm a fairy. <laughs> like you. You are too. <laughs> Am I? Oh, fuck me, this is dumb. <laughs> so our strong, fearless fairy soldier gets stuck in a chandelier for most of a fight. <laughs> um, she eventually gets out and jumps around a bit and they kill the troll by dropping it to its death. Unfortunately, killing yeah. Butler... No! no! Oh, she brought him back to life. Oh, he's fine. So even death is off the table. Yeah. As a thing to worry about. We can reverse time, resurrect anyone who dies. Nothing is ever wrong, everyone. <laughs> no one ever dies. Hey, kids. No one ever dies. <laughs> Not really. 
Except one guy, because at the point when... <laughs> there's one guy who dies, because at the point when the time travel uh, bubble that they put up, is that there's time bubbles yeah. that like freeze time, and they've put one around Artemis's house for no to no effect. Um, it starts to fall apart yeah. and collapse, at which point a guy who <laughs> fell out of his boat at the point when it started is yeah. clumsily picked up by Holly Shaw and chucked back into yeah. his boat, which then proceeds to plummet out of frame. <laughs> A hundred meters back to the ocean. <laughs> Fate unknown, unexplored. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Yeah, so long, guy. Oh, fuck. We we hardly knew you, really. At this stage, Holly Short puts on the Infinity Gauntlet and thinks really hard and snaps her fingers and is able to bring back the fifty percent of the um, population of the universe um, that were wiped mm. out. By which I mean she picks up the magical thing, snaps her fingers, and the dad comes back because those are similar stakes. Yeah. Dad's fine. Oh no, where is he? Oh, there he is. Oh, in the ne- oh, I was in the next room. Next, hey guys, oh, pretty it's pretty tough times here in the movie. We thought he was going to be in this room. He's in the next one. <laughs> I know worry. it's hard, but it's a long hallway in a mansion. But he's going to get there. Okay, he's going to see his dad. <laughs> he's going to give him a hug. Everything's going to be fine. He's going to say, "I'm sorry that I ruined Christmas." Yeah, the kid's like, "How?" No, the dad's like, "How did you save me? I just stayed in a library and read for like days, and oh. then eventually the story came to me." Oh. A button look at a tree. <laughs> Actually, really Josh good. Gad did most of the heavy lifting. <laughs> Thanks, Josh Gad. Don't worry about it. I was always going to make sure this ended well for all of you. <laughs> Including <clears throat> once we've had the, the, the ending with Holly Short getting evidence that her dad was a hero and then yeah. being allowed to investigate every single uh, location on, on this list to restore her dad's good name. Yay. Which her team... Of nobody's is really happy about. They give her a round of applause. Yeah, yeah, I know it's amazing. Um, <laughs> my version of the film starts cutting out every five seconds at this stage, and um, and which it had been doing for about twenty five minutes, and um, and then when we get to the the end of the film, there's another <laughs> bit. Josh Gad oh. finishes his interrogation where he's oh, like, right. "Guys, we're all caught up. Tried, told you so many times that just don't worry about it, okay? It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine." And then a fucking helicopter bursts the roof yeah. open. He climbs up a ladder. They're all flying off. They're all wearing shades. They're all walking coolly around nice. towards the camera. Bam, bam, bam. And that's, that's it. <laughs> and Artemis Fowl informs us that he is a criminal mastermind because apparently that's the premise of the books that Kenneth Branagh didn't like. <laughs> the thought was ridiculous. Thought was not entertaining. Fuck me, that actually sounds he's like a, a Shakespeare- good premise. An evil 12-year-old yeah. kid who's a criminal mastermind who does like loads of shady shit and gradually bec- grows a conscience. I mean, it, there's still the potential there for it to be a shitty Sherlock ripoff, but it sounds better than what we got. See, yeah, my, my, my problem with this was... Yeah. When I was um, studying on a creative writing... Oh, yeah. Uh, when I was doing an MA in creative writing, but before I quit because everyone was a square and they were like, hold on, you're bad, man. Um... <laughs> The, there was a lot of disdain for YA fiction, a lot of anti YA okay. fiction sentiment there, and a lot of people scoffing. And okay. um, and you know something that never really bothered me: the kids who read Jane Eyre when they're twelve are always going to do that anyway. Right. And if it means more more kids are going to read when they're you know yeah, more yeah. kids are going to read, then that's exactly. great. This film is what people like that think. Yes. YA is. It, it it seems it's done with the same sort of disdain of oh kids like any old shit. Yeah. YA is not real. It's not real books. Um, we can just do whatever, mm. and it, it it just feels like when you've got something like the Hunger Games, yeah, which is just such a great series, yeah, yeah, um, and, and just so well realised as mm. well. You know, um, Artemis Fowl is is an insanely popular series, and it's just yeah. been brought to screen with the like least regard. 
Yeah, and they've made it so much more conventional. Every change is to make it more digestible as a thing. More vanilla. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it's, I mean, my complaints are much more sort of purely cinematic, which is just, I mean, do you know, do you remember back when we were doing Doolittle and I said, no, no, nor do I, but somebody told me that I said that I was looking forward to Josh Gad. (laughs) Josh Gad informed me (laughs) by his helpful voiceover of my life that, um, that what I said was, I am looking forward to reviewing some stuff that is bad in a very modern way. And we've gotten that. Doolittle and this share similar problems. And are actually the opposite mm. problems of Like a Boss. Namely, that we just... Like a Boss sacrificed any sense of structure to just meandering scenes. This is mm. perfunctory. It's a plot yes. that they've decided is important, and is very dull, incidentally. And they have sacrificed all character all emotional yeah. investment and rise yeah. of skywalker kind of falls into this too it, i wrote a review for screen mayhem of artemis fowl in which i, I described this as being the real scourge of 21st century movies because it really is the big problem in a lot of these movies which is just racing through it and never giving a sense of place time or character yeah you know the dc movies used to be like this too you know um bats v soups and yeah it's like it's a studio obligation, and by God, the studio is going to make this fucking film. <laughs> yeah, it's like no if it was like in the fifties or seventies, if this would if this would have been the case, it would have just fallen through. I mean, you'd and hope so, but just watching, I just think, why is it important for me to know this? This isn't a history class, you know. I don't yeah. have to at some point demonstrate an active knowledge of why the fairies are at war with whatever the fuck. You only yeah. need to tell me stuff that will aid my enjoyment of the character's yeah. journey, and the idea yeah. of doing exposition instead of a character's journey is insane and you can't tell me they didn't realize they were doing it you don't have any scenes of two characters speaking which doesn't further the plot or like involve plot elements or deliver new information to the audience and you know you might think that's efficiency of storytelling but you know fucking a stool is efficient a chair is good and comfortable and enjoyable (laughs) yeah well this this is it it's it's you know, we're talking about, we were discussing the merit of trailers and whether trailers can be considered art. I would say mm. most trailers are probably more artful than Artemis Fowl is. Um, <laughs> probably the trailer for Artemis Fowl. <laughs> yeah, probably. They managed to just condense it into a meaningful vignette. <laughs> and I just, it, it, it just, you, I mean, you're completely right, as ever, on every subject. <laughs> but Fuck yeah. instead of having those moments where you believe that they could be friends or want them to be friends yeah what every every single scene in this movie is just they need they need to be friends at this stage yeah so now they're friends yeah all that happened up till then is she tried to mesmerize him yeah and get out (laughs) yeah and and, and it's we've been through this so many times with voiceover and 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 story over character yeah that it just feels redundant saying it at this stage because it feels like i'm talking to the kid who refuses to learn despite yeah. every help given him. Yeah. Look, this is Kenneth Branagh, and you did point out this morning um, <laughs> that he, he directed Thor, which I forgot, and just now makes perfect sense because it's... <laughs> I can't... Sorry, I can't think of a more lackluster um, movie in the Marvel in the Marvel series. Maybe yeah. Th- at, least, at least Thor 2 was stupider. It had better production value, I felt. It looked better. Mm. The um, second one or the first one? Oh, the second one. second one looked better, I felt. Mm. It had a... It, it like, more of a set. And yeah. by that point, they had gotten into what Marvel movies are. 
And yeah. so they were able to follow a template, which ultimately the template was more entertaining than, you know, what they tried to do with 4. Um, I'm looking at his filmography. He is He has had much more success as an actor, I think. He did some good stuff yes. back in the day. He did a great adaptation of Much Do About Nothing with Emma Thompson. He okay. um he did, I think, a pretty good adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I know it was divisive. And, of course, his mm. Hamlet and Henry V are considered definitive. But mm. recent years, yeah, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Do you remember that one with um Hemsworth? No, Chris Chris Pine. That was it as the... um. That was... Okay. That was bland. Um, Which one was Tom Cruise? Is that Jack Reacher? That's Jack Reacher, yeah. Jack Ryan is um, Clear and Present Jacks. Danger, and um, the other one, the one who used to be played by Harrison Ford, and I think is also Humphrey at October or something. Christ. Well, he's, he's working with, Shake, with with scripts with Shakespeare, and he's, yes, he's true. fully familiar with this. It, it, from what I can gather, his niece gave him this book, and he <laughs> read it and loved it and thought he'd, he'd do it. <laughs> loved it, but couldn't relate to its main character. <laughs> the central premise <laughs> i mean i understood the character but i don't think anyone else would and it, it does i do think the the movie shows a f- certain disdain for its audience yeah um, i think so well a very marked disdain for its audience oh, you know clearly what? because the film is just such a pandering hand-holding yeah. piece of tedium oh god he, he directed murder on the orient express which is a movie i quite liked and did a fairly good job mm. of telling a very complicated story largely mm. through dialogue and you know yeah visually so it really just, did i i enjoyed yeah. it yeah it's frustrating this one there's my x-men pitch that mm. shouldn't be here it's just it's it's, <laughs> it's frustrating that <laughs> the, my documents no, are get into organized. your x-men pitch instead <laughs> let's do that instead this is this is all gonna be fine you guys are having a great time don't worry about it the polls <laughs> are gonna remember what it is they're meant to be talking about i can't do josh gad voice anymore it hurts it's i know same it sounds like they're fucking stupid but trust me they <laughs> they know. They know exactly what they should be doing right now. And that's probably winding up this discussion. It's going nowhere. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do that. It's 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 a it's a bad film in a way that I feel is exempt is exemplary of a problem with modern films. And I hope oh I wish that more people could learn from it. That this is exactly what I don't like in movies. It's a world that doesn't feel real. There's yeah. also that, the fact that you've clearly got a yeah. very deep and involved mystical world from the books, but it's skin deep here. Most of the rooms are just it, dark, small rooms that you don't get a sense of. You got, I got the impression that we were watching the Marx Brothers at the end of their career of refusing to be in the same shot as one another because there was so there were so yeah. few shots where we just got a, a sense of where we were. Yeah. Just, 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 just sort of aggressive close-ups on everybody's faces. Yeah. So we didn't have to worry too much about the scene, scenery. Yeah. And it, and, it, and just and and the same sort of disdain just bleeds through into the the acting as well. It was just yeah. so wooden and. Oh, Some yeah. of the dialogue is, is just yeah. delivered robotically. Absolutely. One thing is... Um, it's a mass production movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's 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 quickfire. Let's get on to positive stuff about this film. Quickfire. Now, I wish... I wish I could just explore Foul Manor because mm. it outside the external, it looks gorgeous. It's such a beautiful uh, location they found there. Um, yeah. Or, I don't know, thing they've built. But considering that, considering we spend almost the entire movie here by quite a big margin, it's amazing you don't get more of a sense of it and its layout and its character. Yeah. Like the geography of it, you know, just, you know, just a scene like the one from Parasite of a tracking shot going around the house would have done wonders for actually establishing what is where and why we should care about this house. But from the outside, it's pretty. It would be nice to have a a montage of him, this boy genius, just in his pants brushing his teeth. 
and <laughs> talking to his dad about fairies, having enjoying his dad's company. You know, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, there's a line that really made me laugh, and it wasn't supposed to. Um, it's when Josh goes, um, "The most magical place on earth, Ireland." And <laughs> I get why Ireland is the most magical place on earth. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I get the law. But yeah. it was the way it was delivered. It might he might as well have just said <laughs> Deptford. Yeah, I know it was a bit <laughs> crap in an American accent, but I, I yeah. like the nod to Ireland, which is obviously where the books are from. And there are a couple of hints towards Irish folklore. They mention the Book of Kells, for example. They um, do, yes. And I will say, Ireland looks pretty when they're there. It's a very pretty. Yeah. Like the coast looks gorgeous when he goes out to surf yeah. at the beginning. Just oh man, that's yeah. They do a good job. Special kind of surfing. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Island surfing. <laughs> island surfing. <laughs> Why just island surfing? <laughs> What's that? Surfing the... Surf... Oh, fuck. No, I can't do it. I was trying to do a surfing USA, but... Um... <laughs> surfing IRA. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> fuck. 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 <laughs> no. Bye, everyone. That's our careers. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Second time. Um. Right, if I'm allowed another one, because that was kind of one, but... Um, Officer Holly yeah. Short. As soon as she comes in, I want to like this character. I like the actor they've got playing her, and I like the look of her and the the premise of her that she's like this young girl who's actually a badass cop. Um, yeah. It just needed her to have scenes to do that in. Some scenes, yeah. Some scenes for her to actually do that, rather than having Josh Gad tell us that she's that. God, I'd have really appreciated that. Fuck me. No more. The the line, and again, I think it was a Josh Gad line. They cloned a goat and named it Bruce. It has a lovely mouthfeel. It's a, it's a, and it's a really nice goat sounding sentence, Bruce. and it's got a, um, it's got a nice meter to it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Love it. Sample it. Um, <laughs> speaking of good Josh Gad lines, later on, um, it's just a moment of him slightly breaking character that I appreciated. You're not a dwarf. No, I am. I'm a dwarf. The kind of quick way of saying it that I, yeah, that I liked. <laughs> ah, cool. As with my intro, I. I did like the, um, are you laughing at me, dwarf? No, I was just following their social cues. That's a good, that's a good one, too. Again, it felt like just that's why they got Josh Gad to play this. Because yeah, he's good at it, delivering those offhand lines. He is. It does have the slightly disconcerting aspect of a lot of films from my youth, which is we got an American to do the comic relief in this film that is otherwise fairly British, you know, in its casting. And so like, there's a moment. Oh, what is it? He says... Um, Oh, it's humans. Um, I think it's one of my good things, actually, because the line did amuse me. Oh, yeah, the humans, they're afraid of gluten. And that just seemed like yeah. such an Americanism. I know, you know, gluten is a concern yeah. everywhere, but it just seemed like such an Americanism in and amongst this sort of Irish folktale thing. True. They could but have he had is good at delivering that. Dar O'Brien. He's a tall man. <laughs> He'd have played He's a, a very giant man. dwarf. That would, have been, that would have been quite good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Or Stuart Lee. Oh, well. Both are great. <laughs> No, I am a, I am a dwarf. <laughs> I am. Look, um, I spoke to another dwarf earlier, and he said, "Pulls out a bit of paper." Um, <laughs> that cunt is a dwarf. <laughs> in the beginning, I liked Artemis when he's in the the principal's office. Oh yeah, he's got a bit of a oh, really? need to talk about Kevin vibe <laughs> about him. <laughs> he and might thought, be oh, a yeah. sociopath. Yeah, he oh, might. God. He might be. He might just be a dangerous genius, and and I'm <laughs> happy with this. But then he's just <sighs> all I got. Oh, boys, cracking. I just got little Sherlock off of him, you know. Yeah. It's just that trope of the sort of 
socially awkward, brilliant, you know, genius is just getting so tiresome now. I'm, sh- I'm mm. sure it's driving us against experts it's responsible for Brexit. <laughs> Dominic Cummings is a complete Sherlock, I can assure all of you. <laughs> um, let's talk about Judy Dench. My name is Commander Root. What's your name? Artemis Fowl. So that explains it. You fowls have been giving us trouble for centuries. Where's your thieving father these days? Oh, how did you find her? <laughs> Start with that. Pretty, Let me deflect. Pretty cringy, so, like the rest of the film. Yeah. I, okay. Pretty cringy. I agree. Mm. Um, and it's a weird voice she's doing. She's doing a gruff Irish, I guess. I mean, if you've seen yeah. one of her best roles, Philomena, you know that she can do a convincing Irish accent. Yeah. But here she's going for like gnarled kind of heavy smoker Irish. Yeah. Um, and a couple of times it did kind of work for me. Just because yeah, okay. I think the first time it was so unexpected that she would talk that way. You know, it's Judy Dench, you know, after yeah. all. And she comes out and speaks like this and that amused me. And then I have to agree with Clarice Loughery that I did get a chuckle when um, she emerges and it's this big dramatic fanfare and a slow push in. And she shows up and she's looking all gr- um, gnarled and kind of tough. Top of the morning. Mm. Oh... I wish that I know. made me laugh. I know, I could so easily see it being cringy, very yeah. easily, but it, it just it just about got me the right way. That's nice. I have I have one one thing of hers I really liked, and one thing that okay. also made me laugh a lot is at the end when she's like, "I want you to go and investigate all the names on your father's <laughs> list." And um, we got some great voices for you this week, everyone. <laughs> the vocal range in this episode, everyone. <laughs> um, and then Holly flustered starts stammering, "Thanks." <laughs> She's like, oh, thanks, I'll absolutely do everything. And she just goes, go on, in a sort of, you bloody scamp way. And that was charming. <laughs> a bit of a smile in her eyes at the end there. And, um, <laughs> but then the, the bit that really fucking made me laugh is when the, the fairies, are, like the flotilla in full force is advancing on the Irish coast. And it, the camera zooms into the front one and it's her in, in, the, in the ship. And it really looks like an old biddy who's sitting on several books, <laughs> driving 30 miles an hour down the fast lane. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> all I could think was someone behind her, just going, go away, you stupid bitch. You've got to find joy where you can with these films, you, everyone. You really have. And I think at 200 episodes, we're, uh, we're really getting better at it. Oh, God. Okay. Um, if your tiny white master is going to send you to go stare at a tree for ages... Pretty nice tree. Pretty the tree nice that he has tree. to go stare at is really pretty, and its establishing shot is just yeah, quite striking, as a piece mm. of lovely countryside. Yeah. Look, he's the luckiest man I know. <laughs> we can all agree on that. I like the use of swordfish camera for the time freeze. <laughs> the like the three hundred and sixty degree. Oh right, I've got shot. you. I was thinking of. Because I've recently learned that that kind of distorted, heavily middle thing that they keep doing in um, The Favourite, for example, where like all the edges like bend around is called fisheye vision. So I was uh, like, what do yes. you know about this really super specific kind of fisheye vision that's swordfish <laughs> vision? Very distinct from cod vision. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no, movie swordfish, got you. Yeah, that um, kind of slow motion panning around as if a ball bearing bomb had just exploded. Love it. Yes. Same scene, actually. I did quite like it when the troll just grabbed a girl and fucking threw her. There you go, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> just chucks her at the fairy. That that took me by surprise, and I yeah that that was good. I liked it. <laughs> Threw her right over the piazza. Nightmare. <laughs> I liked the the goblins wearing puffer jackets and hoodies. It was it was it felt a bit off coming from Kenneth Branagh, but I liked the idea yeah. of it of having <laughs> it was like it was like bright. 
God, it's it's wacky. It's like um, Taika Waititi, something he might do in one of his better four movies. <laughs> oh, you've already mentioned the time slowing. I did just like the time slowing. It was hmm, a cool effect when they did it, and some good special effects went in there. Oh, sorry, I made the note on that top of the morning line. Who did she say that to? <laughs> what was that, miss? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Fucking four-leaf clover. That would have been very funny if you were here. I thought he was. <laughs> okay, yes, here's one. Josh Gad, his whole deal is that as a dwarf, he's meant to be really good at digging. And the way that he t- it turns out he digs is by unhinging his jaw and making it all big mm. and a really bad CGI shot. And then just, like, chewing through the ground. And the yeah. the sequence of him doing that is quite bizarre yeah. in a way that I liked because it's black, pure blackness. And you just get like these frenzied glimpses <laughs> of Gad's yeah. manic looking face with detached jaw and the sound of him just munching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And it was... Yeah, somewhat comedic how horrifying that was. That was my last one, actually. I really like the visual idea <laughs> of it. Um, even though it was CGI, I still liked how it looked when he dislodges his jaw yeah. and makes it enormous. <laughs> that was, yeah, particularly good. <laughs> okay, um, I quite liked um, Short just slapping foul. I just could have done with more of that. <laughs> I don't want to be mean to the kid. You know, the kid did fine with what he was given. He was just should have been given a more interesting role. Should have been given a second take. <laughs> a couple of times. Um, his persona would have been so much more tolerable and understandable if he actually was an evil genius. All he manages to do, really, is trick them into opening a safe with a troll he could have charmed anyway. Yeah. Dwarf, whatever. The really bad guy, the the supposed villain of the whole piece, who only really yeah. succeeded in kidnapping Colin Farrell and keeping hold of him for a bit. He doesn't do anything else. Wait, at the beginning, I, we did forget to mention he kidnaps the guy who looks kind of like soft Russell Kane and sends him in to be nefarious and, um, and to oh, yes. they upset had, yes. power. They had a sleeper agent, which managed to disrupt power exactly once. Um, and I forget <laughs> to what effect. I think that's what causes the troll to be shot into the um, into the house. <laughs> but anyway, at the very end, they're wearing a cloak for out, and they've got a stupid voice. But at the very end, they go, no, and a bomb explodes from one episode earlier. But they go, no, and lean back. And as they lean mm. back, their face is like this weird felt thing. Yeah. Like it's got weird folds of like some sort of velvet or something. And that was weird and slightly alien in a way that I liked. Yeah, it looked like something very interesting was happening. <laughs> Maybe for the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one left. Mm-hmm. So at the point where Holly Short has gotten everything she wanted and she's now going to pursue her father's uh, killers and, you know, try and find this evil one. Just before she walks into the room that's sort of full of the, I guess, the task force that she's now leading. It's a very strange film. Mm. Um, she takes a moment, a character moment, if you can imagine such a fucking thing, to be against a wall and just kind of mouth to herself. Here we go, Dad. Oh. Yeah, it's just a little fucking moment. Where you get an insight into who she is and what her anxieties are and the fact that she needs to psych herself up a bit before she can go face this room full of people. And yeah, it was a, a thing that a human being might do. Oh, what did Josh oh. Gad have to say about this? <laughs> she was very nervous. No, no, I can't. Josh Gad? Can't. Oh, he's asleep. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone. This yeah, is my real my, my voice. my throat really fucking hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do for you, listeners. This is how Josh Gad speaks. <laughs> um, when was the last time any of you thanked us? Now, 
I forgot to ask the Yoshi team, but have they managed to get in touch in the last two hours? Uh, well, let's start with uh, checking out the Yoshi team on Facebook, where the call was put out on time. Um, Paul, <laughs> someone Paul Orkins from uh, Blightbusters. Paul Orkins? He said, oh, no, not this one. It was such <laughs> a huge letdown one. after the books. Um, and in not a fake accent, he, he said some of the CGI was okay. The time bubble looked yeah. cool. That's it. Yeah, the yes. time bubble looked cool. I'll agree with that. Uh, we got some really great uh, Guardian website comment is free level of punning from Ellen Graham and uh, Sean Fleur. Love Sean, it. didn't you sit through this train wreck? No, I utterly missed it. With that uh, Leprechaunt episode, I'm not surprised. What a foul uh, mouth you have. You're never coming on again. No. Guys, baby Bidge are gone. My heart hurts more than my throat now. Get <laughs> fuck out of my show. For which I mean <laughs> our show. <laughs> Obviously. But thank you so much for sending those in. It really means a lot to us that you took the time. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Um, All we can do is say thank you, sincerely, to the OGT. I really mean it. I really mean it. And then remember that we've got a segment that I forgot to prepare for. Um, <laughs> because we're go- I'm going to improvise the one better thing. The one better thing. Shit. Cool. Well, I'll start. Cause Please do. It was... It's hard because, unfortunately, I haven't seen many of the YA movies released in the last 10 years um, after Harry Potter and the Hunger Games. Um, apparently, Percy Jackson was well-reviewed. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to know, frankly. I find out now. Um, I've got a month to do it. There's, there's Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is a really fun one about a boy that. invento genius. Um, I'm sure I've recommended this before. Um and really scraping the bottom of the barrel with this kind of with this kind of thing, um, <laughs> but you know it's a Lord of Miller movie. It's more madcap than Artemis yeah. Fowl, and maybe has the ability to be as an animation, but shouldn't really be an excuse, especially from the king of the actors, Kenneth Branagh. And um, it's fun. It's funny. <laughs> it's well made. Yep. It's coherent. Yep. Or I don't know. Go watch Kiki's Delivery Service. There's a precocious child there. There's some <laughs> magic shit in it. Yeah. It's um. It's it's a, it's a really cool and um sort of lesser known. Studio Ghibli. Or Pompoko. <laughs> Pompoko. Watch that. Watch Pompoko, you pricks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I've got one. I'm going to go Great. with... Um, I'm actually going to go with Steven Spielberg's BFG. If you let it pass Steven you by... Seagal. Steven Seagal's BFG. You ain't going to come down here out of the North Pole. Not with these oil uh, permits. Are you left wing or right wing? Doesn't matter. <laughs> guns. Okay. I, um, I, I kick and punch on both sides. <laughs> Fuck them all up. Um, I hate. I'm an environmentalist, but um, I'm not a big fan of those women that you've got. <laughs> Maybe we could um, plug up the oil spills with um, some of these spare dames. So, yeah, the BFG, um, Roald Dahl's adaptation. If you let this pass you pass you by, if you just thought, oh well, it's another Americanization of a British story, you know, and a a big budget version of something that we didn't really need, then. I would ask you. I would ask you to reconsider. I think it was very good. It was very sweet. It had Mark Rylance doing mocap and voice for mm. the big friendly, the titular, um, big friendly giant. And Ooh, that's, um, lo- that's lovely. Yeah, and he was um, really great in that role. It it meanders a bit and it loses its way near the end, but I mean, it's just got a, a lovely little world to it, and it's got an enchanting sort of idea of the giants trying to avoid um being seen by humans which is something that kind of gets covered in this but in a very blunt deus ex machina way mm. um 
yeah, I think it was really good, and it was it, it, it also lost quite a lot of money. It was a box office bomb, so if no. we can draw a bit more attention to it, I mean, that's well-deserved. It's, you know, Spielberg's been an interesting kind of presence these last ten years. It's almost as if he's done his big world-changing, groundbreaking stuff, and he's been happy enough to just take on projects that amuse or entertaining him mm. for the past ten years, and I'd say this is one of them. There's a, there's a feeling of sincerity there. It's not a cynical film. That's great. Yeah. The one better thing. Okay, how can people find out about the one good thing? One good fang. Sign up to Disney Plus, and <laughs> we're releasing there every decade or so. Um, really, really hot shit. Like, my cat did a jump. Oh! Yeah. That's easily better than uh, Percy Jackson and the cat jumping La- Jackson. Anything that's happened to Star Wars in the last 20 years. <laughs> Am I right? Bring back no, Lucas. No, no. Non-canon. I want the Zack Zack Snyder cut of the Last Jedi. <laughs> Release it. Yeah. I want the butthole cut of the Last Jedi. Um, oh, it's That's the one exactly we the got. Same in my right. I think we both said the same shitty thing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, I will high five you when I see you next. But for everybody else, high five yourself for a change. Go and yeah. check us out on Twitter, Facebook. Um, answer the call to the the one good team. Do it. Cowards. Leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. That's a really great way of getting the word out. Um, it does something with numbers and robots. I don't really know, but nanobot no revolution idea. is coming. Uh, so yep. just just fear that. Yeah, get your get your two cents in now so they can soup you up with that, and we can all be having a big a big old mutant fight somewhere in the ether. Um, yeah, very the, soon. The revolution. Yeah, we're comes. on Spotify now. Um, as we have yep. been for months, I'm gonna probably stop saying that. And <laughs> and we've got a Patreon as of yeah. as of this year. We've got a Patreon. Um, yeah. We've just had uh, our first commentary on pre-rendered video game FMVs, which is Fuck great. Yeah, um, love those. They came out very well. We've got another one uh, coming a little later. We've got a pools pitch in the works. We've got the next 50, 50 pools of shade coming out. Yep. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of really really cool stuff. And, uh, and yeah. next week. Is a is a classic poorly 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 defense of uh, poorly. So oh yeah, we got a defense of coming up. So yeah. check back here on the free net mm. to find out what it is we could possibly be defending in this horrible world. It's not us. <laughs> I'm Paul Sinek. Do you know what? I'm. I feel free. <laughs> hey, and then we're gonna have to watch Artemis Fowl again, unless yeah. it makes the bottom ten and I make us do it in a couple of years. Um, I'm Paul going to make us do it in a couple of years. <laughs> I'm Paul just in at number 11. <laughs> Remember, the one good thing about Artemis Fowl is that there was a bit where a character reacts to things that have happened. And I think we could all learn from that, especially Kenneth Branagh.